Okay, everyone, welcome to the Man Patriot podcast. My name is Dumot Denga. And as always, Zuzo is back. What's up, Zuzo? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, great to be on uh, the episode. I missed last week's episode, so I was a bit, you know, sad because we had a great guest. But nonetheless, I'm great. I'm happy to be back. And as always, uh, well, not as always, but, you know, sometimes we have a resident contributor, Mpiake Jamini. Mpiake, what's up? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, gents. Like, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been. It's been, a, it's been a tough, a tough few days and weeks with the lockdown. But yeah, no, I think, yeah, now I'm much, yeah, I'm better now, much better. Like, you know, I've, I've just like, okay, black markets actually work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. And today, uh, today we have a guest um, on our episode. Uh, some people might know him from Facebook. Uh, but uh, Debo Homawache is joining us for today's episode. How are you doing, Debo? Debs? Um, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, it's awesome to be here, man. Family worthy to join um, this discussion today. So, yeah, I'm psyched. Yeah, thanks, man. I heard that you wanted to be on the... You actually wanted to see us live uh, face-to-face and not actually be online. But, but because of the lockdown... Yeah, those circumstances had to change. I'm sorry, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, man. It was... Yeah, man. It's... But yeah, we, we go on and we, start, we keep on recording, you know? That's what main page is about. That's what alternative media is about. We just keep on recording even if we don't... Even if the circumstances do not uh, create such an environment, do something about it. But Duo, let's carry on, man. Let's, uh, let's go in and talk about... Whatever we want to talk about today, I know everyone is. <laughs> I know everyone's thinking about this extension of the lockdown. I know Yo. most of us or all of us are pissed about it. Uh, obviously, when we heard that President Uni was like, "We asked for another two weeks," everyone was like, "Oh fuck, I can't like, do this." <laughs> that, that was me, man. That was me. And uh, what was even worse was the the whole, um, you know, Ramaphoria crew. You know, oh, this is great leadership. This is fantastic. You know, this is so fantastic what this guy is doing and everything like that. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, nah, come on, man. Like, like let, let, let's be real here. You know, our rights have been taken away. These guys are telling us what we can and cannot buy. You know, and now they're sending the army and stuff like that. Come on, man. And now you want to do this for another two weeks. Nah, come on. Yeah, um, man. But uh, we'll, we'll speak about that a little bit later. But I just want to know. Um, how is everyone feeling? How is everyone feeling when they announced it? And how is everyone feeling now about this extension? Tell us your feelings. In PRK, you can start. Yeah, and I, all, all, I, all I can say to what Dumo was just saying now is like it almost feels like uh, Ramaphosa yeah. is in team and the whole of South Africa is Monica Lewinsky. Like, you know, just we, <laughs> <laughs> we are going down hard on this man, man. Like, every, every word he says, we. <laughs> We lump it up. We just we follow just, it. Yeah. We just yeah. follow everything. We don't <laughs> <laughs> no throwing up or anything like that. We just follow everywhere he says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it's it's it, it was a or well, we hope that it was a tough decision that the president took. Um and we hope that there was data behind it. However, we're still skeptical if there's even if there was any data behind it uh, to this decision that, that he took. Um, and I think that he was what? just copying every other um, country that has done it. 
Yeah, That's I know. Yeah. The only data he mentioned during his speech was the thousands of lives. Like thousands. <laughs> just as if just saying thousands of people are going to die is enough. Yeah, that's yeah. We don't even. We still have twenty. Yeah, I didn't know twenty is a thousand people. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> at least you know. At least respond to that accordingly. Don't just say thousands of people so that you can, you know, seem like you guys are in big trouble and we we dying and everyone's just dying like it's a residential resident evil or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. what do you think about this? No, uh, for me. I sort of expected the president to announce an extension. And so, although I was irritated by that, I wasn't surprised. But I think the one thing that um, really just continues to, to, to just surprise me is how people react to these kind of um, decisions. You know, you have people online. I saw this one tweet. This guy was like, um, the president is choosing um, um, life over the economy. And I'm like, at what point do we draw... A distinction between the two you know so people why do people assume that um life and the economy are mutually exclusive when they're obviously not so i think the public now hey dude hey those uh, uh, they're starting to get on my nerves quite honestly i think it's just twitter i think social media is the the biggest uh, problem during this lockdown um you know twitter for me i've just come to the conclusion that twitter has the mo- most people on Twitter have uh, savings. Most people on Twitter have houses. Most people on Twitter have a, some kind of job, whether an entrepreneur or something like that. So they have reserves they can they can look forward to if shit hits the fan. And the very people that are suffering on the streets, on the ground, are not necessarily the ones on Twitter. Hence why everyone was on, I think, was it the DA or some, um, one of the, or only the only party that said that we don't think that this decision of extending lockdown was right. And everyone went after them like, yo, like they had raped like 50 people. You know what I mean? Like it was like the DTA was a serial rape or something. And people yeah. just kept on chasing them and, and uh, criticizing them for saying, but nobody was in response or from what I saw, nobody in response was giving any reason or any explanation as to why they support it. It's just going on, just hanging on what the DA was saying. Yeah. And yeah. 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 No, that's true. That's true. And they raised and they raised some good points in their release in their media release mm. and it's about the shutdown. But my only gripe with it is they should have raised the same points when in the in the first when the first when the when the lockdown was first announced because you know those points still apply. Like there was no model, no data, no discussion with MPs and all of these things, and so those points still apply. So why do they? Mm. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's almost like you know they've realized that they are they, their base is not happy with the lockdown, and then they are they are sw- they are they are pivoting now. Whereas before yeah. they supported it uncritically, and so now they realize they realize that for for most of us the opinions of the World Health Organization are not enough. Uh, the examples <laughs> of the examples of Western Europe, uh, China, and uh, the uh, the USA those are not enough for us. We want actual data. We want actual evidence. We want we want to have a critical discussion, and I think they are realizing this because you know, uh, mm. I I've I, I've always uh, ever since I started voting, I've voted DA, and uh, I think only in the last election I didn't vote for them nationally. I voted the TCP. Uh, Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so 
So, so where, that, where is the ZACC I, I think, official statement? Uh, that. Uh, I've been yeah, I've been saying that for a long time. I've, I've I've you can say I'm not saying I'm speaking on behalf of the ZACP, but hey, bro, I've been complaining. That'll yeah. be the ZACP statement, basically. I mean, even even Gideon as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tomo, Gideon, and Unati, like you know, like they they've been doing a lot of. Uh, uh, like they are, they, they've been doing those, yeah, yeah, like you know, being active and pushing the same things that we've been pushing for, and also Roman, like with his podcast and you know, pushing some of the principles. But I think a lot of the, um, I don't know, just a lot of the candidates, I think they, they were not really, uh, you know, activist liberals in the first place. So you had the, the activist liberals who have been doing the activism and they are still doing it. And then everyone else. So I think that's that's a that's a fair, that's the fair point to make on that. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I understand definitely. So um, if I if I could ask, is there any reason why uh, it, looking at the extension of this thing, what are the main uh, restrictions that should be take um, that should be removed quickly as possible? We know alcohol, we know cigarettes, but various other industries. Uh, does anyone think? Does anyone know of which industries or want to chime in? Which industries should be uh, the restrictions should be relaxed on? First and I foremost, uh, inform, okay. informal trade. Oh, sorry, informal traders. For me, I just wrote an article on this. I think the restrictions on informal traders have to be removed as a matter of priority. They are the mm. biggest ones to remove. And then after that, we can sort of see which uh, which industries we can remove restrictions on that informal traders rely on without, you know, necessarily uh, exacerbating the health impacts. You know what I mean? Like, we'll just do a, a staged, uh, uh, like, you know, the removals of, restri- of, of restrictions on the other industries so that to mm-hmm. allow formal traders to be supported and the, and the economy to, to continue to enough level to be able to sustain the country, at least. Uh, because, you know, you have to realize that info- informal trading in South Africa is a thing that feeds the country. This is what government doesn't get, is that we have, we, we have a lot of unemployment in the country. And so because we have a lot of unemployment, people are forced to ignore regulations and in- essentially engage in the informal trade. And so mm. because of that, it's basically the thing that's keeping the, the country from disaster. So you need to remove, you need to allow those people to continue trading. It, it, it's a, it goes beyond corona. It's more important than defeating coronavirus, actually, because, you know, like we, we are talking about a, an explosion that could destroy the country forever. If we, if we keep restrictions on this thing that... But basically provide sustenance living for people so we we, we like like you know south africa uh, if i could go on a little rant for a moment you know south africa is has always uh, uh, you know given the middle finger to poor people like you know that's that's what africa has always been from the very beginning up up, up until today so you see mm. it's in, in the type of regulations the the removal of their rights property rights and you know the the property rights that were removed in 1913 in the land act they are still not restored you still have that exact same land that was taken <laughs> of people as reserves, still being mm. reserves even today. Nothing has changed. And so, like, you know, pe- nothing changed for poor people after 1994. And this is what people need to realize. They still don't have their rights. They don't, still don't have the rule of law. They are still uh, subject to the arbitra- arbitrary rule of chiefs and kings and these Induna and all of these people. And when you go, when they try and go move to the cities, which is what they are forced to do because of, you know, they don't have property rights, they have dead assets basically. So they have to move to the cities. They get put in places owned by municipalities or land that is owned by some private company that has forgotten about it. They end up taking over this land and they build informal settlements. 
And then when they build these informal settlements, they have to survive. So they engage in the informal trade. And then what does government do? They implement regulations which give uh, discretionary powers to metro police officers. And these metro police officers then use that power to extract rents from these people, the poorest people in our society. So they they ask for bribes from these people. And then if they, if you can't give the bribe, then you can't trade. And so all of these things, if you if people could see the bigger picture of how, of how our country works, you would realize that, you know, Basically, this country is designed to fuck poor people, basically. And that's end of rent. <laughs> oh, that I was a nice rant. Agree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, to, to just to add on to what Mpiake was saying, I think also another industry is the clothing one. Um, I think, you know, just to... I, oh, we, I had a discussion on Facebook with someone, and I was telling that we need to strike a balance because we can't just have a full lockdown all in the name of... Um, trying to you know flatten the curve and already you've seen with sweden they haven't even had any major restrictions but they managed to fl well the curve was flattened it started to curl over you know so i i think what we can do first of all yeah informal traders they should be allowed to trade and also clothing shops as well you know clothing shops should be allowed to uh operate even technology stores as well. I think they can be allowed to operate as well because now a lot of people will be operating from indoors. They're going to need um, a lot more technology um, to make their lives a bit easier as well. Uh, and also and also another thing is this, is that there's this also this idea like where you can go into a shop like Macro and you will find, um, let's say, um, food there. But then the clothes section is cornered off. And the technology section is cornered off. Like it, it's you can't go buy anything. And I'm like, that's so stupid. Like it's, it's there. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. crazy. It's yeah. Like, buying anything that is considered as non-essential does not make you any more susceptible to the virus than anyone else. You know. So mm. I also don't understand why people why that's a thing that's allowed to happen. Um, exactly. For me, one of the I, I'm not sure if this is an industry per se. Um, but the deeds office, man, um, the deeds office also, cause I think the biggest problem now is that the economy is essentially frozen, you know, money is not being moved um, as often as it should in order for us to function. So I have, a, um, a family member, um, who has just purchased a property and what is happening now is that the deeds office is closed. And so he can't secure the property the ownership of the property. And so the agents themselves can't even get paid because of that, you know? Mm. So I'm thinking there are also structures within government as well that need to be opened up, um, that need to be allowed to operate as well because, hey, dude, it's just an inconvenience to everybody. Yeah, I hear you guys. You guys are putting up uh, good points. Um, let me ask, if you uh, remove certain restrictions on certain industries, I know that you guys have seen this argument where they say that all jobs and all businesses are essential. So now, what about those people whose restrictions are not removed, but uh, small businesses in those industries? Let's take, for example, um, tourism. What about those businesses? What about the, 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 B, the Airbnbs in the townships that are, that are vital to people, to, the, to those business owners and also the employees? Those restrictions don't might not be seen as essential, but nonetheless, that's a small business owner that's 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 being crippled by the lockdown. So my essentially my point is there will be a lot of inequality in these removal of restrictions. 
And so um, why, why can't we just have a, I think that um, most businesses should open, but restrictions on like certain, like uh, the number of people in your store at a, at a time, the mask, everyone must wear a mask. Everyone must be, and, and also like, you know, schools, you know, Deborah, you're a teacher. These kids are, are losing time in terms of schools. I've heard that now they're not going to have holidays for the rest of the year. Imagine putting a grade four through all of that, like a day, like a normal nine to five, where the only time you ever leave is, is in December. So like, you know, these are the type of things that the <clears throat> that removing restrictions, we need to look at it in depth and uh, and closely. And I just wanted to know what is your guys' point of view from that, in terms of that? So uh, uh, from what you've said, like every every business in the economy is essential to someone. Mm, like this, yeah. is what, this, is, this is what, you know, uh, typically socialists don't understand is that every, every, every business is providing a need like a need and a want, like it's it's not just wants. Like every business provide is providing both a need and a want. Like to the employee, it's definitely a need because they need they need to be they need to be productive in order to sustain themselves to to stay alive basically to be able to attain the scarce resources they need to stay alive and to keep their dependents alive. And then, but it's also essential to the people who buy from the business because it, either either the business is a supplier to their own business. For example, even a luxury good like you know watches, for example. Well, if I buy watches from China, China is my supplier of watches, and I need those watches to be able to sell, and then I can get an income as a business owner myself, and so on. So, like every business is, is essential to someone, and every every good is essential to someone. And this is why yeah, I, I agree with you, Nzuzo. Rather approach the risk-based approach that we've been discussing on this podcast for the past two episodes. It's just, it, it makes sense. It's, yeah, so it's, it's better for me in terms of, um, you know, at least getting a kickstart to the economy. If every single, that's the thing, like this government has, the, has done a blanket lockdown and a, blank, a blanket restriction on every single industry. And none of these ministers, I don't think none of these ministers are capable of coming up with a risk-based analysis of each of their own uh, portfolios and each of their own industries that they have uh, authority over. They have not They have not taken into account, for example, let's say, for example, the transport industry, logistics. There's, when I go to the supermarket, there's certain aisles which are empty because the guys that given the guys that bring those logistic those those goods to the supermarket, they have had to close down shop. They've had to um, uh, adhere to the lockdown regulations because they're not seen as essential. You see what I mean? But the thing is now, the people and we know that most of these logistical companies are small businesses in which they have truck drivers that need this salary as quick as possible. So we need. And that's the thing, like, that's the, uh, that's the, and on top of that, we have a government that, in my mind, I don't know what the target is. It says we need to extend the, 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 um, the lockdown so that we can flatten the curve. But then after that, you need to, you need to ramp up testing. You need to have, you can't be six to one in terms of the private sector testing six times more than the public sector. If you really wanna, if you really wanna flatten the curve, you can't have only ten thousand people being tested by the state sector, by the public sector, and then uh, seventy thousand, sixty thousand people being tested by the public private sector, and then saying that to the private sector that if you don't comply, we're gonna shut your shit down. I mean, you it literally depending on these people to test everyone, that yeah. uh, test uh, the the majority of people. But then you're gonna shut them down. That's what Mukiza said. Is if there's no compliance, if there's regulations that you don't adhere to, then after that we're gonna shut you down. And I'm thinking to myself, 
or you're just defeating the whole purpose of the lockdown. Think about what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. When they talk, yeah, and and that's the thing. Like you're gonna, you're not gonna. That's the thing. You're not gonna achieve your object- objectives at the end of this lockdown. I know that for sure. Because you're not even like Mbiaka says. There's no data behind what you're trying to, what you're trying yeah. to achieve. Yeah. yeah so and then and then I I, I agree with you, Nzuzo. Like the dirty little South of uh, secrets of South Africa's healthcare system is that most of the capacities in the private sector. And exactly. government, you know, but government being as stupid as they are, they do everything possible to restrict the, the sector that provides the most capacity. I think our private sector is basically well class. Like, you know, African, if African dictators choose to come here, you know our health sector is well class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. agree. Exactly. Yeah, you know, um, and, and, and also at the same time, the, the, this thing about there's no data, um, I, I agree with that. But now the, 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 here's the thing. Even the data that we have available, there's a backlog. And, you know, and because now of that backlog, the problem is that as the data gets released, people are going to get, um, they're going to panic. Because obviously, if you, if you go through the backlog, it's inevitable that you're going to see an increase in the confirmed cases. And I'm wondering if the government is, knows that and they're going to use that backlog to their advantage and say, okay, we're seeing an increase in cases. Now we must even tighten our restrictions or extend the lockdown and so forth and uh, that's another a point that we need to take into consideration yeah 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 the state can't can't help but be tyrannical because in essence that is what the state is you know um and so they even going back to what biaki was saying about all business being essential there's a very clear paradox there that the state seems to be ignoring, um, and 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 in a lot of cases, even even the public as well. If you're going if, if you're going to say um, only essential services, um, or only businesses that provide essential services are going to be shut down, um, what that means for people who work in businesses that are not providing quote unquote essential services is that there's no income for those people. How are those people going to be able to get those essential services if they don't have an income? You know, so these regulations are very self-defeating in a lot of ways, and it's almost as if the state is ignoring that completely, just so they can use um, this power of theirs to show people who's boss. Because for me, this is what it comes across as. You know, it's the state showing people that hey, this is who we are. This is how much power we have over your lives, and because our our campaigns are centered around telling you guys how much we care about you people and all of that, just assume that every decision you make over your life is going to be good for you in the long run, you know? Mm. You know, and, you know, uh, going back to what Tumi was talking about, how, you know, these people, um, the sheep, government sheep, who just lapped everything that government says uh, into their lap. Um, <clears throat> what, what annoys me is that when we talk about, you know, uh, lives and livelihoods being intertwined in that you have to take up to account the economy when you want to shut down, when you want to lock down and try to contain the spread of the virus. And they tell us that, <clears throat> and they tell us that we're only thinking about money or we're thinking from a privileged point of view. But then after that, I'm like thinking to myself, isn't that what you guys do when you only say things like, um, no, we don't, we hope that this virus doesn't get to the townships or else it's, it, it's over. Or we don't hope, we hope that it doesn't get to the rural areas where there's no and I'm thinking to myself, yes, everyone cares about, everyone Everyone has an understanding that, you know, if this virus was to get to the township and to the rural areas, it would be devastating. 
Um, and let's not even take into account that it might already be there in its numbers, but we haven't even done the testing to know that. But at the end of the day, we both know that the states, uh, that it, uh, the, the dangers that could happen to the townships. But just because you guys, you socialists, uh, believe that you're the most caring of, our, of all of us and us people that want an economy and businesses to up to um, to, to open and, and keep running, uh, uh, savages and we don't care about people. It's not necessarily about that. We look at the, at, in terms of us, we look at the holistic view. We see that, of course, there's a virus that could um, that could potentially kill a lot of people. But there's also a lot of there's a lot of poverty that's already in South Africa. South Africa is the most unequal society in the world. So you cannot just say that we must stop the economy and and then after that say that, you know, um, the people that want the economy to to come up and uh, to start running are the most uh, uh, don't care about human beings. I mean, we look what are we supposed to do. And that's the thing. And then, and when we criticize government, it doesn't necessarily um, doesn't necessarily mean that we hate government, even though we know their plans and what they're trying to do in terms of the NTR. But we're saying that look at the, the look at the the flaws in this in government's approach to everything, even prior to the the epidemic or the pandemic, the coronavirus. Look at the flaws. You really think this government is competent enough to do any to to really solve this issue? I don't think not. Hence why we need to ask questions and asking, where's the data? Where's the transparency? Why are we not having oversight? Why, why, you, guys, why you guys keep on uh, your leave packages? Why are they BEE-based? Why are they not every, every other business that needs relief? You know, black people are hired not only by black people, but everyone else in the, in the, mar- in, in, in the markets. So I don't understand what you guys, is, you guys are getting at and saying that people that are thinking about the economy are thinking from a privileged point of view. No. Yeah. It's, it's um, exactly what the government should be doing. Is, yeah, that, that, I, I agree with that. And uh, one thing I just want to add on to your point, Zuzo, is that is this idea like this, the, gov- the, the government is somehow benevolent or something like that, which is not true. Um, um, you know, uh, there's this narrative going around that like if that the government is the, the, the good guy and the private sector is the bad guy. And, you know, and on Facebook, I was just asking people um, who really exploits us. I mean, I showed them that Virgin Active, they actually canceled my, um, my well, my monthly payment, my debit yeah. order. Well, not, not mm-hmm. the membership. They canceled the, oh, the, the yeah, debit yeah. order. Mm-hmm. And Discovery, they decreased my premium um, and, and so forth. And other companies as well, they, they, they just decreased everything before the government mentioned anything. And... Now the government, they just say we're going to offer these packages and what what these BE stuff, and also on top of that, they haven't even done a tax relief on, and it wasn't even a tax decrease relief. It was actually a a payment uh, delay. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, and I was like, look, bro, if the government is there to really help us, why haven't they decreased taxes? And everyone else in the private sector has already decreased their prices and everything like that. So I'm like, who's really exploiting us, guys? Like the this government, the, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah sorry. Mm-hmm. This is the thing about state um, benevolence. And I think this is how, um, if you ever become a fully socialist state, um, it, it's not going to look like it did um, historically. You know, it's not going to be um, Stalin style, um, shooting up people and everything. No, 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 no. It's going to be from the government, as we know it, parading itself as this um, benevolent power 
that is um, here to do good for the people. When, when you speak in terms of legislation and um, government control of everything that happens in South Africa, it's going to be quite tyrannical, you know, in how it plays out. And people will actually collaborate with government. Um, the way I'm seeing things play out at the moment, um, people will actually collaborate with government um, to support um, these laws that will essentially be harmful to society, you know. So this is how I'm seeing the new um, sort of um, dictatorships emerging, you know, not as some, um, it, it, it's not going to look like a dictatorship. It's not going to look evil even. It's going to look like these guys are here to do good for us. But as things stand now, we can clearly see that this is not um, as good as most people would, would like to believe. The state is not as good as most people would like to believe. Like you just mentioned now, why aren't people questioning um, um, the fact that government hasn't done um, tax relief? You know, why aren't people questioning things like that? Uh, yeah, they've, you know, they, the, the government of today, the ANC has, you know, it has done a number on a lot of, you know, suburban middle class people. They still see the ANC as a, as a Robin Hood, you know, that's, that, um, the, the shining light and whatever they, they take from the ANC, whatever the ANC says, they lap it up, you know, and, and it's easy for them because they're living a very privileged life, they're comfortable. And so they take anything that the government says now as as the Bible. But I'm like, you've always gone, but it's like, it's, it's this is not the first time government has lied, government has not been transparent, government has not been prepared. And even though we've given them opportunity to be prepared, they're still not giving us, they're not, still not showing us any sign of um, preparation in terms of what's going to happen after the lockdown or what's <clears throat> what are you guys doing during the lockdown to ramp up testing so that when you come to the end of the lockdown you have a clear mind of what's going to happen or and you, why you not help why you not working together with other institutions such as the uh, why you not working in tandem with the private sector in that the private sector has the uh, capacity to do all this testing ramp support that system because obviously they're better than you in any way possible support it support it support it and remove these these agreements these non-confidential agreements in which the only information that we get from any person who has any authority is right from Nkita's mouth and we can't get information from the nicd we can't get information from the state hospital from the private hospitals we can't get information from um the csir we have to all get it from the mouth of um from keys and it's and it's and that's not how you that's not how you evaluate data you can't get it from one mouthpiece you have to evaluate all the data that you give that everyone has as 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 um has created or has has collected in our footage as a country we sit down and we look at all the data that's available then after that we say okay you see that the restrictions are supposed to happen in these areas, in these areas of Johannesburg, in these areas of Cape Town, these areas in, in these urban areas, where where there's not uh, where there's not a high density of of of, of uh, people that are infected, we can release restrictions there. You know what I mean? Like a like a proper approach to a very complex pro problem. You, but you know, everyone else is just lumping up whatever the government's saying. But anyway, I, I, uh, I'm I'm not even confident that the government even knows what they're doing to be honest uh i i think that uh, for them it's just this one size fits all approach that has been um adopted 
Um, they just said, well, everyone's doing a lockdown. We might as well just do a lockdown as well. And then now they're trying to find reasons to actually extend it or keep everything in place as it is. And, uh, and, and, and I got that from Ramaphosa's speech as well, because I mean, like, you know, like he was saying that ever since the lockdown, the infection rates have gone down. I'm like, well, yeah, that's because there's a backlog, you know, that's because of the fact that the, the tests that you were looking at were ones that were done before the lockdown, you know, yeah. so, and, and, and that's the thing, you know, and like, I, I'm not confident in it. I just feel that, um, I don't even think these guys have meetings, to be honest. If they ever have meetings, it's just like, I, I think this is what happens in the meeting. So <laughs> let, 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 me, let me give you a quick scenario. So I think what happens is, um, you know, they all go on um, Microsoft Teams or something. And then they, like, as we're doing now, and the guys are like, okay, guys, what do we do next? And then the one person's like, um, lockdown, because China did it. So-and-so did it. Everyone else did it. And then Ramaphosa is like, okay, any objections? Okay, no objections. And then they just move on to the next item. And yeah. that's all it is, really. I mean, it, there's no, um, yeah, there's no, there's, there's, there's this no is, thinking there. There's no hardcore yeah. thinking behind Exactly. Behind this is where, it's a, where there's supposed to be a war room where, mm -hmm. and a couple of war rooms across the country where, okay, you have this province, you have a province that uh, lumps up all the information at Limpopo, you create a war room there. And then after everyone in that in that province works together, whether it's private or, or state, they work together as um, as people in authority. And then after they, they collect all the data, they collect all the data. And then after that, you know, like mind maps or things like, you know, like proper things that you, like a group project, you know what happens when you're in university and you're working on a group project and everyone's together working maybe a couple of days before everyone's working together just to try and see where the data um how we're going to solve this problem you know like you like would happen in in varsity or uh, in high school as well you know what i mean i i i i get it i get it i mm -hmm. definitely get it it's, it's just that there's no rational thinking behind it that's what i'm thinking and uh it, it i think it's more of how much power can we grab and how can we justify it? I think that's the that that's the mantra, and now um, it's it's looking it's it's becoming more and more evident. You know, I mean, like as as again, no data based approach, nothing. I mean, like I, and you know, I was thinking about this last week, like with this mass testing. When I heard Ramaphosa's speech, like we're gonna ramp up public sector efforts, we're gonna ramp it up, all right? And I'm like, dude, you should have done this from the beginning. Like yeah. you should have ramped up the testing from the beginning. <laughs> Why are you only doing it now? Uh, like, I mean, bro, like, eh, in South Korea, we're doing drive-through entries, bro. We are closing drive-throughs to McDonald's, and we could have used that for a flipping <laughs> uh, to test the guys, and we and we shut it down, and then we, and then two weeks later, oh, let's um do let's ramp it up. I'm like, these guys are these guys are out of order. They and, and you know and, and and people just look at it and say, wow, Ramaphosa, please lead us, lead us, yeah. lead us, oh. Oh, um, great one, I, but more like oh, ignorant one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope that's what you're saying. I've, I've seen, I've seen this also. Um, uh, back to what you were saying, Dumo, with regards to them not consulting, um, experts, you know, or anything like that. I've seen this as a teacher, you know, um, in 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 the education department, there are a lot of um decisions that have been taken, um. Whereas there was no, um, no consultation yeah. with people. Yes, there was no consultation that we can see. If they are consulting people, 
it 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 would be um it it would be nice if they provided transcripts you know of those meetings or whatever so that we as a general public or as 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 educators working in the department of education can see that this was um actually thought out this was discussed by people who know what what they're doing we need to know the credentials of the people who who were um consulted but it's like it's it, it's just this handing down of orders um that we get at the bottom as teachers that we don't even know um what the reasoning is 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 about you know mm-hmm. and and that's a big concern and i think also um what it comes down to is the fact that um south africa we 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 don't have a lot of people just don't have a thirst for for data you know um no one is really going out of their way to actually look at the numbers or to even request um the numbers and 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 and, and look at them in depth you know this could this could be because of um edu- of education and everything um or anything like that but it also could be because of the fact that um we you we used to having the government um speak for itself and to speak for everybody else and we so used to hearing that voice you know um tell us how we should go about our lives um and 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 how we should work when we should work um that we don't even um we don't look beyond um what is going on we don't look beyond what they're telling us you know to find out what is actually happening behind the scenes where the data is coming from you know so it it's it it it, it comes down to that for me yeah man uh question are you part of uh, are you part of satu as well there were her because you're going to have a problem i'm part of the poster no what I'm part of Neptosa, not Satu. Oh, what is Neptosa? Uh, Neptosa is is also um, it's also a union. Uh, it's 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 not as big as um as 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 as, as Satu. Satu. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but what I like about Neptosa is that it it's very data driven. You know, um, it's 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 not as active as Satu. You know, if I may say so myself. Um, but we do have seminars that are based on fact and evidence. You know that um, the used to enrich us. Um, oh, okay. I, I, I don't want to share my feelings about Satu at the moment. Uh, but no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. So can you can you tell us about like the the schooling system in general, and um, the um, the issues but also the the good things about the school since you teach oh yes guys we forgot to say that Timoko is a teacher is a primary school teacher um he's also on he's also off because he's not an essential service <laughs> apparently imagine like teachers are not an essential service to kids but um, yeah can you tell us like how the schooling system is now and um yeah the good and bad things about it Uh let me let me start with the bad because there's quite a lot of that. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest thing is is that teachers are are being excluded. Um when it comes to dis- to decisions around um legislation and mm. school admin in general, you know? Um it's like we are the ones who are in the classroom. However, there are a lot of decisions that have been taken without us and we have to um adhere to those decisions. um because we 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 essentially don't have a say so if we want something we have to say it through a union let's say sartu right um now the the problem with that 
is is that um, these unions also have affiliations with, with political parties, and so they, in a sense, work together. You know, I know that Satu um, seems to be closely affiliated with the ANC. Um, there's a relationship going on there. So if I were a Satu member and there was something that I was not happy about, you know, and I complained about that, um, sure, it, it would get to the right people, but whether or not it would actually be addressed is another thing in general, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, teachers are sort of expected to just do the work, you know, um, and, and, and anything can be changed. They can change literally anything about your job and you just have to be okay with it without being consulted, without being given um, comprehensive, evidence-based um, um, proof, you know, that um, this, is how, this is how we came to this conclusion and this is why we made this decision. Um, mm-hmm. I think also another problem that we have is um, with regards to parents. Ish. Now, when it comes to, to, to the... the, the <laughs> you know, the relationship between... Um, <laughs> Um, schools and parents it's it, 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 it's quite broken you know if I may say so myself um, mm. there's no body of we, th- there are no standards basically you know that govern um, okay maybe on paper sure you know um, but mm. there's a lot that happens behind the scenes um, um, for example um, what I do know I'm, I'm not saying this happens where I work you know um, but I've seen instances where parents um, just come to school and they start berating teachers and just, just start going off at them. And, and it's okay. But if you as a teacher were to do that, the, the parent would have the right to go to the district and complain about you. And then you'd get a hearing you know, and, 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 and everything like that. However, if mm-hmm. they had done it to you, the school would have to sort of um, just <clears throat> apologize to the parent. You were in the wrong anyway. you know. So the parent is your client. And as a teacher, you're allowed to take whatever happens to you um, from a parent. So I've, I've seen that uh, quite a bit of that happening. And our parents, our parents uh, are wholly involved in the children's education. But from what you see in the public sector, or they just expect they just throw it, uh, they just throw their kids into the school, and then they're like, "Bye, you guys take care of them now." Yeah, that's basically what it is. Parents are definitely not involved like definitely not involved they're only involved at the end of the term when you're handing out report cards you know uh, <laughs> and that's, that's only him, so that's they can him. yeah and and that's only so they can um go to you as a teacher and ask hey my, my kid um his his maths marks have dropped you know what have you done about this you know um why have they dropped you are the problem this is it's because of you that my child is failing you know um, that's the only time we see there are some I'm not gonna lie, there are some parents, honestly, who are vigilant, who are there, who are working hand in hand with the teacher to ensure mm-hmm. that their children um progress in school. But the vast majority, man, is they they you know, they really aren't that involved. And I must say, it's probably because of work and things like that. But I just feel like parents need to find a way to work around that also. To even just a little 15, 30 minutes a day, that's all you need. You know, to show your child that you care about the education. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I hear you. When it, yeah. when it, when it comes, now the good, um, I think the biggest thing for me um, is that, how do I say this? There's a whole new market 
in, in, in the education industry that is blowing up. Tutoring. You know, um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there's quite a, few, a number of people who have opened up these little institutions. Um, yeah, I've seen them. them. And, 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 and I guess um, that's in response to the state of education in our country as it stands now, because we, we really, we aren't doing that well. You know, yeah, the, the it's not doing that well. So that's also what providing, yeah. so that's from also providing, I'm, yeah? Yeah, from what I've heard is that most of these tutors um, are actually are former teachers or teachers that just left the system because they're like, this is, this is crazy. I cannot work in a system like this. I might as well just set up my own business and then do it myself. Yep. I've actually had some people who um, leave the classroom to do that. Because, I mean, what's the point of, of being in a classroom when 60%, 66% of the work that you do is admin, you know? And okay. only like 40 is actual teaching. Jesus. So yes. that, what? That, Are you serious? Most of, we don't, most of the time we spend is, is, is not spent on teaching. A lot of yeah. our time is spent on doing admin. Even during teaching time, even during teaching time, um, teachers mm-hmm. are forced to start marking books and all of that because you have the district um, constantly hounding us. You know, when they come to the schools, they tell us, um, no, we're just here to help you, to assist you. Um, but what they do most of the time, they point out your faults, you know, mm-hmm. where you've gone wrong and things like that. So a lot of our time... And I guess that affects your budget. The budget at the end of the year is that if you guys do things the wrong way or like that's how they threaten you uh in terms of like your budget for the school a budget given to the school for example um it is a factor but i wouldn't say um to a very large extent okay, you know? okay. so, so uh, Deboko, like, to me it sounds yeah. like you know they what what they're really trying to do is control you like centrally like you know have like have, pass a policy at national or whatever and then say, okay, teachers must do this and this and this and that. And because of that, they are imposing all of these requirements on you. You have to report X, Y, Z, you know, all of these other things. And then you end up yeah. not teaching so much. So, that like, is, how... That is, yeah. Okay, continue, man, continue. No, that is certainly the feeling that I get, you know. Um, a lot of my colleagues, me included, we get anxious. When, when you're being told that the district is coming, you know? And, and for me, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a red flag. Because when you hear that the district is coming, if these people are here to actually help us out, you shouldn't be scared of them, you know? But a lot of us do feel like that, that, you know, when the district gets here um, and, 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 and something is off, it, it, it's going to be a problem for me, you know? Um, so we do certainly feel powerless. We feel really powerless about um, how about our job, you know. So, so that's that's uh, so what that's so that's the question I was going to. Then, do you feel that maybe that is a consequence, you know, of not really being able to as a school, like a school can't really control the, the like you know, if you have bad teachers, you can't fire them, and because of that, then it ends up creating like this incentive to control more and more of what the teacher does because, you know, of all the bad teachers in the system because you basically have to uh, shepherd the bad teachers to the right answer 
because they don't, they don't know how to do their job. But then, meanwhile, the good teachers can't innovate and then they can't yeah. do what they're good at. Exactly. No, actually, what you're saying actually makes a, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm, I, I'm also inclined to believe that, you know. When I, when I, when I, when I got to my, before I got to my workplace, um, I've only been teaching for a year and a few months now, you know. Before I got there, I had all these plans and all these ideas in my mind about um, how my lessons would be conducted, you know, all these different teaching aids um, that, I, that, that I would be making and using in the classroom. But you find that it's a different story when you get into the classroom. There's no time for that. There's no time to innovate. You know, there's no time to think out of the box. Um, you have um, 40, 45 learners in a classroom. You know, you, do, you don't really have time to give all of them individual attention. So a lot of learners um, sort of just um, slip through your fingers because you can't get to them um, without getting into trouble with the district. Mm, yeah, that's yeah, that's deep, Joe. Yeah, but mm-hmm. so like um, going back to the, the 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 let's talk about also like the, the the results and the results at the end of the year and not necessarily obviously the metric results, but like in general all the grades is. Obviously, like you said, like there's a lack of uh, there's a lack of time in terms of innovation and everything in teaching and the time of te- uh, the te- the time that is given to you as a teacher to actually teach. Now, um, and then you also talk about the fact that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of learners in one class. So, what solutions would you give to those type of um, those type of problems in the in the education sector? Uh, in terms of um, the king. The class yeah. is having too many. Essentially, how to improve the marks of all these kids throughout the grade, throughout the grades? How do you improve these problems that you've that you've really highlighted? Obviously, they contribute to the results. How do you think that it would improve the results if you were to bring in your own type of solutions? And if you have solutions, can you tell us what would actually work? I think in a large classroom, and this is actually based on evidence. Um, if you can get your learners to work in a group as much as you can, um, that actually takes a load off of you as a teacher, right? Um, mm-hmm. And also be conscious of how you group your learners in the classroom. Um, we all know that you have some learners who um, are stronger than others, if, if, yeah. if I may put it that way. You know, so you mm-hmm. group those learners with the learners who aren't doing so well, and you encourage them to collaborate, right? And so mm-hmm. in a sense... As you teach the classroom, they also teach each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, definitely. Yeah. So in terms of large classes, I would definitely say incorporate um, having your learners working in pairs and having your learners working in groups. Because if, you, um, if you're going to teach in a setting where um, all of the tables are facing forward, that's going to be a big problem for you. But now even that comes with a problem. Um, and the problem is that um, the behavior now, you know, because you, you can't really trust all of your learners to just be quiet in their groups. No, they're going to, they're friends, the kids after all, you know, mm-hmm, they have mm-hmm. that spirit. So they're yeah. going to start um, um, disrupting class and all of that. So really, man, I, I don't want to lie to you. The solution here is to find a way to cut down on classroom size. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, like the, the, the ZAPCCPE had a solution on that. Yeah. 
they had that thing where they they, they separated um schools into shifts so what will happen is that um there will be a morning shift and an afternoon shift and then one set of learners will go through the morning shift and then another set of learners do the afternoon shift and then that way um it, you can actually you can actually halve the size of the classrooms and then mm-hmm. therefore um you cut down the size but that's just an idea i'm not saying it's practical i don't know but i'm just i just think from the top of my head well, what, what's no, actually, what because it seems oh sorry no continue i was going to say it seems like there's a there's more demand than there is supply like there's a lot of people who want like good quality education that's why you have large class sizes but the supply is limited in some way. So how about if, you know, you just allow people to build schools, like which what's happening with tutors, but, you know, just in a more, like allow people to own property, to build their own schools in the, in the best way that they see fit and just increase the supply that way. Because I remember that story about the, um, uh, the, the dead lady who started the school in, in Falkras, like, you know, the first, you know, black-owned private school or whatever. And then the government mm. shut it down because she didn't comply with the regulations. Would you care to comment on that? Imagine. Um, okay, I'm going to start with Dumo first. Ne? Uh, what you were saying about shifts. I also had um, an idea. I also had that idea a few years ago. That we should actually start doing that. But um, the issue with that now is that <laughs> I, actually uh, I actually consulted one of my lecturers and he got into this long um, this long argument about how it's better for learners to learn in the morning, you know, and, and things like that, which for me really wasn't compelling. So with regards to shifts, that would definitely work. And I think it would be best even in high schools, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. I, I think mentally those... Okay. Hello. Uh, ...to do that. Okay, Tibuk, okay, can you... Uh, I think that would be perfect. And back to what Piaki was saying. Yes, um, hello? Yes, uh, um, uh, do you mind just repeating that point again? Uh, we just lost you for a second. Oh. Okay, no, what I was saying, uh, back to what you were saying, Tibuk, about the shit. I think that would work a lot better and um because i think mentally you know um and also in terms of practicality that um that could be implemented quite well and i think it would um work i, I did think about that a couple of years ago um I, i'm not so sure about in in primary school um, because i once asked my lecturer i think i need to do my own research on this but he got into this long argument about how um learners actually work um, better in the morning, you know? Um, so there's that. In terms of shifts in high school, I think that would be absolutely perfect. I think, okay. yeah, I think that also works. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. I think that, yeah, that would definitely work yeah. for those kids that, uh, that uh, can easily get swayed by, you know, community, like gangs and stuff like that. If we, like, actually make them go can make them go for from from two to like eight o'clock in the evening and the way they're actually in the classroom and then after in the morning they're actually preparing themselves for class for class actually it will be much better yeah exactly yeah you know when i was in when i was in high school 
um, my, my township is quite, um, there's quite a lot of crime that goes on here. But we, we would attend class like two shifts. Two mm-hmm. sessions a day. Uh, mm-hmm. morning up until two o'clock. And then we leave, right? We come back at like six in the evening. And we, we would leave all at about, I think, nine o'clock at night. That worked for us. You know, the, the um, fewer numbers, it's nighttime, so less distractions. Um, so that worked quite well for us. That's why I, uh, I'm saying that um, the shift thing would work a lot better in high school, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, with Mpiake's point, what do you, how do you respond to that, the one with regards to the school getting shut down? Hey, what happened there was actually, that was actually quite crazy, man. Um, but it it, 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 it it goes back to government having these just these insane regulations um, that keep people um, from living life how they want to do it, you know? I think that that would actually be a very good solution. Um, there are a lot of um, matriculants who are unemployed, you know, um, who might need to get like a PGCE or something um, a bridging course, you know, that basically teaches them the methodology of teaching. You get those people um, to set up schools and homes, you know. Um, you get a consistent set of standards across all of those schools um, or, um, or whatever. And then that would actually work quite well when you think about it because now the class sizes um, would be decreased. So what would happen in, 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 in let's say, um, the schools, the school buildings, you know, there you'd get learners who need special attention, you know, and then for, or even in the homeschooling, no, in with regards to homeschooling or the schools that are ho- that are open in, in, in people's homes, there you would need learners who need special attention because they can be taught individually, um, all the misconceptions can be addressed individually and that would be benef- beneficial for them. And in the school buildings, you get learners who, don't need individual attention and that would actually allow them to flourish a lot more yeah i, I that, that sounds like a good idea to me i like that i like that yeah that, that sounds that sounds quite good i think that that's uh that's something that the school should be looking at as well as government yeah and actually i think in during the industrial revolution britain had something similar to like this home-based schooling like people were starting schools in their own homes, and that's actually provided the, the educated workforce that were, was able to grow the British economy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, but and now I've got a lot of homeschooling during this lockdown now, so I don't know if yeah, a lot of, yeah. <laughs> From what I've heard is that a lot of <laughs> online classes. That's the only homeschooling available now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of online classes, like Zoom classes, are happening. Uh, particularly in the private sector. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't know about this essay. Is wait, as a teacher, have you seen these SABC lessons or on the radio? Have you heard about those things? And uh, actually... I've, 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 I've seen a couple. I've seen them going around. Um, I they to be honest, they really don't interest me that much. Um, you know, I, I think it's good that they're happening. You know, the government is obviously trying to do. Um, the best that they can do, um, given the situation that they have created. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I really don't have that much of an opinion on, on, on those schools that happen 
um, on radio and on. Uh, first of all, who's watching those? Who's listening yeah. to those? Yeah, <laughs> these kids are not are definitely not listening. Like, 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 bra, like, they, 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 there's so many other things to distract you on on TV and on yeah. radio that oh, l- yeah. let me go learn some mathematics. You know, like, come on, man. Like, who's that guy that um. That that guy that used to do maths on SABC two, I forgot his name. His name William something. I forgot. Oh my goodness! Don't oh, you remember that guy? guy? I do. I yeah, do know. Uh, that old timer. I forgot about what his name. But yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm googling it right now. Uh, yeah, he's like, like I, I, think, I think we've made we've made education boring. <laughs> That's our problem. Like you know, like if if I just remember how I how I grew up and how I got educated, I didn't really get educated in school. Like it was just yeah. going to libraries, watching TV, like things yeah. that that's, that I enjoyed doing, playing, like things like that. And like yeah. that, those are things that educate you. Like it's not really school. School is like you know, it actually stops you from being educated. Like I it, it, to take away time from the things that were getting me educated. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, 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 yeah. That, that that's true. Yeah. We actually so haven't. Yeah. Yes. No. Continue. Continue. There's a lot of things that we need to change with regards to how we do school, man. Um, not much has changed in centuries. And that should say something, you know? Um, considering how much society changes, but the school system is still the same way. You still have the classroom looking like a military base with these chairs and table all facing forward and things like that. Um, it, 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 it's to think that this is how we are doing school, basically. Um, even with um, how much society has changed in general. You know, the, the, the schooling system has not had to adapt to society and how um, society exists now, but nothing is being done about that. Yeah. That guy, yes, the guy that I was talking about was William Smith, guys. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. you will have good opinions on what to change in the education system, but I won't lie, he's... His maths classes were not so bad. But the only thing was that, of course, I mean, you couldn't interact. That's the thing about learning something on um, on, on TV. It's not like, you see, when you learn on TV, it just plays once and you have to get it once. But now with the internet, you can play the video, pause, go back, you know, hear the point again and stuff like that, you know. So mm. I think that if, I mean, if these guys want to do online learning or whatever, the best thing to do is to have it like on a, on a YouTube channel or something like that. But on yeah. TV and radio, and also, I, I and also they, there is a way to make it interactive. Like you know, mm. if to keep the letter engaged, rather it's just to keep them building stuff. Like make them build things. Like you know, there's in every field of, of virtually there's always something like you can build. Like you know, so if you're learning uh, physics, for example, you could you know you you could build something that demonstrate the principles. Uh, I remember, like you know. Like the thing that really made me fall in love with programming, like was was going to UCT and then being enrolled in physics class. Like you know, I, I was I was you know I I have a bad history with schooling. I I still only have a metric, but you know, just like I I've become there are things that just interest me along the way. And so like with physics, like you know, they they gave us this problem where we had to code like a a, a solar system, like you know, using using VPython, and then like just doing that getting seeing something on screen that you've made like move and then you understand the principles of how it works like it was a very simple thing to do but you know just i think if if we could change education to that just have someone have a youtube channel or something and then learners have to build something as they go and then they have to show it to each other 
and then you know even better if it's something that can be sold so they can sell it to other people and then they make money and then they see the practicality of it i think that would be nice yeah and, and you know i think that that's that that's a good idea because now i think the way schooling is now is that you have to be sitting in a classroom and everything like that and yeah so forth if you, if you want to be like that no problem but then now um now that like because the, a lot of the stuff that i learned about libertarianism and everything like that i didn't learn it like in a classroom i learned it by watching youtube videos and then the guy would say read this book and then you read that book and then you know you become more educated in that sense so i think yeah like um you know we may have to change how we even learn in the future because i think the way we learn can also make things um a bit easier for us in my opinion yeah definitely man i think that's also like the group thing where um they were was saying that you know it's better if you learn in groups that could actually work uh to our favor as well you know like uh, encouraging group group work amongst people who are stronger and people who are less stronger to collaborate and teach each other i think that'll be interesting because now you're not necessarily coming to look at the teacher teach for the whole day but you're coming to you know build your friends but also at the same time you're growing you're growing your intellectual capacity and you you're getting and it'll be and you're also growing relationships at the same time so and i think that because of kids especially at a younger age they enjoy being around their friends more than going to school that would work you know that would work you know i i i would definitely enjoy the thought of having to go to school and learning from my friends rather than learning from a teacher i mean you know things like that as well so yeah, yeah. So anyway, guys, uh, that was an interesting talk. So now we're going to have uh, the segment that we always have. You know? <laughs> uh, so they were called this segment, if they haven't told you yet, if Duma hasn't told you yet, it's called Get Out of Here. Uh, it's a segment in which you uh, you tell us or you, you you share any story or any quote or any, any person that has said something ridiculous or stupid or... Uh, or like uh, unbelievably, unbelievably stupid uh, that you can't even fathom how that was allowed to even get any press at all. So uh, I think everyone would everyone would choose Mfigilim Balula, but I'm hoping everyone else has their own um, has their own uh, get out of here moment besides Fix, Mister Fix, or Mister Fear Fear for God, or whatever he calls himself. Uh, do you want to start? Uh, do you want to start? Uh, yo, um, with, with Mbalula, I don't know what, what happened exactly. Is it, is it that Somizi incident where he went to the police station or what? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, he, he's they were snitching on each other essentially, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how I see it. Snitch it, huh? I see, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a, I don't have a get the only get out of here for me is, is, is just these Ramaphoria guys. Um, that have just gone back and uh, they've just gone and done and, and just said, oh, leader Cyril after his speech and uh, have oh, not critically yeah. assessed it. I think for me that deserves a get out of here from these South Africans and also the ones that snitch as well. And, you know, and, and, and also these uh, unions and everything like that that go around and, um, you know, snitching on other people. Like, come on, man, guys, just chill. Like, relax. Yeah. Also, uh, my get out of here is the Kosatu, which uh, said that defeating program in the US in Cape must stop. 
the feeding program to giving kids uh, food who are necessarily vulnerable and poor in my stop because there's a fear that people might get coronavirus and I'm just like, bruh, they're gonna die anyway if they don't get food. So it really, really, why would you wanna stop such a program? Just for you guys, just just to, and the thing that's the weird thing about it, they're stopping the program so they can, uh, so that they can please the dictators in national government. Like we must all adhere to the government regulations and we must not go out of our, go out of our, uh, our own, our own hand to to help the poor it's unbelievable it's really unbelievable i can't yeah Ooh. until that yeah that's my get out of here uh are other guys still with us yeah hey, um oh yeah I'm still here. what's happening <laughs> yeah i'm still here i'm still here so yeah my get out of here is actually um the Honorable General Peggy Pele, like that speech he gave, <laughs> you know, I can't get over that speech, man. Because like to see to see the emotions, <laughs> like like hear how emotion how emotional he was getting, and what he was saying was so ridiculous. So like the, the line that really kills me is when he says, "If you see anyone near alcohol." Mbope! And then like, <laughs> like that, like with so much passion, like you know. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he comes down afterwards and he says, Yeah, yeah, Magabosh. <laughs> as if as if then like it's like you know, like you would like you know, after after climaxing after sex, and then you come down and then you just, <laughs> something like that. So it's like it was crazy to me to say that. Because what is just to translate for the listeners, when he says if you see anyone near alcohol and then he says mbope, by mbope he means arrest them. He was so he was addressing yeah. a, um, a police officers when he was made this speech, and then he comes down and he says, Yeah. And then it just means that, uh, yeah, you make sure he's arrested. <laughs> like, it's just, entirely <laughs> but it's a... I encourage you to watch, like, I encourage you to watch the whole thing because it's just crazy. I mean, this man has a, a, a passionate hate for alcohol. Like, I don't, I don't know where it comes from. I mean, it's even funny if you consider that, you know, like a bunch of rob, uh, robbers, like I think seven years ago or something, they stole booze <laughs> from him. They they stole like expensive whiskey from him. So I don't know where this hate comes from. He clearly appreciates the good things in life, the good things in alcohol. So what's I don't understand. <laughs> Yo, yeah, dude, yeah yo, that's was, funny. He, the, the, I mean, that one all, was crazy. I won't lie. All, all his speeches, um, even even during that speech, he was like, "They must stop. People must stop kissing and hugging in public." And I'm like, dog, what is wrong with you now?" <laughs> What is wrong with this dictator? <laughs> this dude, man. This dude is something else, bro. Dude, it's typical Zulu, man. It's like, it's typical. It's control. It's control. And you know, you know, for me, now that I think about it, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, for one. me, now that, now that I think about it, uh, I think my get out of here moment is when, um, um, the whole News 24 thing with yeah, the Bill yeah, Gates yeah. Now, mm-hmm. that's crazy. That's yeah. that's insane. What happened with um, News 24 article. Those guys basically shared fake news, um, uh, fake news and then they went on to uh, publish an article telling people that anyone who shares fake news is stupid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's insane. I was like, 
How could I'm like these guys? They honestly, these guys are my inspiration for the coffee bean. Um, <laughs> you could even say that the coffee bean is helping them get out of the closet um, at a third time new site, you know, because they're, they're showing the true colors. I'm like, that's some class A comedy shit right there. <laughs> oh man, like we need to have you back, bro. Like we need to have you to talk about the coffee bean, man. Like, yes. It's a, yes, I, I, yes. the thing is. Like the problem with getting on interesting people is that there's so much to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. And there's so much to make fun of as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's, it's it's almost as if um um the more tragic things become, the funnier everything else is at the same time. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. So yeah, tell us how uh, this coffee bean, man. Uh, how did it come up? Uh, do you just um. One one thought that yeah, or was it because alternative uh, the mainstream media is just boring as fuck, and now you just decided nah, I'd rather be, I'd rather be a uh, satirist or a, um, I'd rather make fun of people so we can bring out, so we can make news more funner or make more news more funnier. Oh, it's basically you know, Bianca knows I'm a shit poster, and that's what I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> every time uh, I can confirm. <laughs> I shit post like for hours and hours on end, you know. So the coffee bean was basically just taking that up a notch, you know, taking it to the next level. Um, luckily, Biaka was there to actually help me um, found um, the coffee bean and actually get it off the ground. Um, so it's 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 basically when it started off, it's really just a thing that I was doing. Um, but the response that I've been getting from people is just amazing, you know. So this is something that I think. Um, is is I see potential in in in, in the coffee bean. No, yeah, no, I agree with that. I think I think I, it's I love going it. to be. I think it's really going to take off, and it's because of uh, Teboko's vision. Like this, you know, like you know, there are there are some people like that you meet that you know, like you uh, young people especially, like you where you see that this like where where you've met. Like you know, when you've met, when you've sort of met like older versions of themselves, when you've lived long enough, to, uh, okay, no, like when you've just sort of met like you know more interesting people who uh, who started off that way and they've told you their story or you've read biographies and then you see that some people like you know like this is this is someone who could, who could be great like you know if if, if they get all the all the rights you know you know if, if all the, the right doors are open for them because you know you, like you know young people the, the the biggest deficiency in being young is having connections that's that's all like that's the only thing like but young people like you know they are actually the, the like you know the world is theirs basically yeah and i would like to also add on to that like uh man it's not necessarily you, you have talent and you have something to offer the world and like me was all you need are the connections and that's essentially what everyone and, who, and, and who made. And work ethic as well, which is very important because, like yes. you know, not many people have a work ethic. You know, like yeah. you know, like some of Sorry. us, like just speaking for myself, like you know, gets you know, sometimes you can't work, you get depressed and things like that. But you know, just having someone, like you know, the problem with how we the corporate culture we have right now is that, like, if someone produces genius work for two weeks in a month. And then the other two weeks, they are like, you know, down. They are completely out because of mental illness or whatever. Then that person is deemed as not being like productive, which is stupid yeah. to me because like the work that you produce over the two weeks is like more than makes up for it because it's so much greater than anyone else's work. And I think we can sort of sort of try and build 
as us among young people i know i know we're sort of extending the conversation now but i think it's i think we need to do it and then maybe maybe add on add, add, add this on as a special edition or something but i think we need to get to a point where we sort of create the atmosphere among ourselves as young people where we can actually support each other at, at everyone's individual strength like you know wow. do more you 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 are very good with admin you are good with like you know define detail then you contribute that Zozo, you are good with like you know understanding like some of these abstract concepts like dealing with legal things and then you contribute that and then Teboko, you're just like a creative force you can you can create you can come up with like crazy things that none of us can think of and then you do that and then like we all work together i, I hope we actually get there yeah definitely man uh um, well, you've inspired us man mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. i like i like what uh, uh Teboko, Teboko have done with coffee bean um I would, I would hope that one day we're able to even put that like on on um and page as its own show and you just troll people for the whole for the whole program you just make fun of people that is something that will be brilliant and we just behind the that scene and we just support it too because that's some great shit man i wish i wish at the end of the show i could see a you just laughing at me and saying <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that would actually that would actually be insane, dude. Amazing things happen um when you interact with people online beyond likes and shares. You know, when yeah, you start interacting when you start interacting with the actual person, you find out so much about people and then you know, even the logo for the coffee bean, it was a guy who was just friends with, and then we started talking and we did our thing. Same thing with Biaki, you know? Um that's it, it started off also casual and then you start developing connections with people and the things just start to happen mm, mm, definitely same with us as well you know same with you and i and BRK, you know uh we just started casually talking in our field we created this platform so mm-hmm. um yeah we joined the platform and in our field you know things go yeah things go from good to to best if i may yeah. say it like that yeah yeah so yeah, yeah man Thank you for coming on to the show, man. And definitely when I uh, develop this relationship that we have already into no, something, yeah, something better. So, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Um, is there last things that you want to, uh, is there anything that you want to say, like um, things that you want to tell the world, where we can find you, um, where we can uh, send some uh, some kids for tutoring, <laughs> because we don't be our plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where where people can send submissions for coffee bean and so on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh the coffee bean website is at coffeebeannews.co.za. Um, um just just search that and you'll find the website. Um you can send your submissions um for articles at CRM22 S I Y A C. So it's CRM22 at Outlook.com. Um on Facebook you can um you can just look for Tebokomwati. I think I'm just gonna put up the coffee bean logo as my um profile picture. I had planned to actually leave Facebook for a couple of months, um, but I see that it will actually be a bit counterproductive in growing mm-hmm. the bean. So I am gonna be there um for a little bit longer. So on Facebook it's Teboko Mwati. Um you can mm-hmm. find me on there as well. Um and yeah, man, let's let's get in touch. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I uh, just want to just uh, tell the guys that, uh, yeah, with the donations, guys, you know, like we said last week, if you have any scraps left over, 
you can give them to us. Just go to manpatreon.com forward slash support dash us and you will get everything there and you can know how to support us. Cool. That's all I wanted to say. Definitely, man. Yeah, follow us, guys. Please share, like, subscribe. Uh, follow us on social media as well. Interact with us, ask us questions, and we'd like to get uh, and like to share some of your posts on the on the main page. We should do that next week as well. Uh, share yeah. some of the yeah, share some of your guys' posts, uh, reactions, comments, whatever it may be, on our um, on our platform. But nonetheless, we thank you guys for listening to the show, uh, giving us your time, and liking and sharing and just subscribing and telling your friends about it as well as uh, donating via Patreon. We enjoy it. We love it. And uh, please, guys, keep on doing it. Yeah. Um, B- yeah. And BRK, is there anything else you want to say? No, nah, no. Nah, like, I think uh, we, I just, yeah, I hope we, we get Tebuko uh, back on, like, you know, just to go. Like, yeah. And then, yeah, it's a great guest. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be back. Before the end of this week, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Cool. Uh, yeah, dude. So yeah, yeah man, man. thanks for sharing. Thanks for watching, guys. And yeah, Dimo, you can close it, man. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I think you've closed it very well, guys. We'll see you mm-hmm. next time. <laughs> next time, guys. Cool, cool. Peace. Cheers. <laughs> awesome.